Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. Okay, this is a test. It says in the Bible that God is eternal and that God never changes. Because God is eternal. God never changes. Is that true? Is that really in the Bible? That's what we're going to talk about this morning is the picture of God that the Bible gives us is very different than what, if you study this, really came from Greek philosophy. It was really Plato and Socrates that talked about that God is unchanging. The reasoning being that if God changed, God wouldn't be perfect, right? makes good philosophical sense, but it is not the God of the Bible. And so I chose to focus again on this um, uh, story in Exodus about their years of wandering in the wilderness, their being freed from slavery in Egypt, but really not understanding who the God was that Moses was trying to teach them about. They didn't really understand what this God was like. It wasn't like any of the other gods around them, to be sure. And even Aaron's brother, or even Moses' brother Aaron didn't, didn't get it. Because when Moses was delayed on the top of Mount Horeb, we know what, God, what Moses was doing up there, but they didn't. Moses was getting the Ten Commandments, but they didn't know that. They just knew that he had been gone for a long time. And so they said to Moses' brother Aaron, let's, let's make us a, an altar and a, a God to worship and 
The surprise, I don't know about for, for you, but the surprise is that, is that Aaron says, okay, let's do that. Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. And that's what they did. But then we see the next scene on the top of the mountain where God says to Moses, go down, They've, they don't get it, and I'm really angry about it. I'm really angry about it, Moses. And I'm so angry that I'm just going to do away with this people. They're, they're not getting it. They saw the pillar of fire at night and the pillar of cloud by day that led them out of Egypt. They saw all of the miracles that I worked and they don't get it that I am way beyond any of these. And then another surprise about this story is that Moses, instead of being... um, accepting the deal of the century. The deal of the century was, I'm going to do away with these people, but I'll make you a a great nation. was an offer that I'm not sure most of us would have the wisdom and humility to turn down. But Moses did. Moses had a wisdom that's inspiring to me in terms of the kind of humility and and loyalty to his friends and his fellow Israelites, his brothers and sisters wandering in the wilderness. And Moses implores God, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? And then... Like a good salesman, he says to God, why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Trying to shame God. Does that surprise you a bit? And he says, Moses says to God, turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, And do not bring disaster to your people. There's what the Bible says about God. That when we pray, God actually changes God's mind. It's a different kind of God than you're used to thinking about, isn't it? The last verse says, And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Over and over and over again, the the scriptures are trying to teach us that God, two things. One, that God is beyond any, any image we can make up in our mind any story we can tell, any great sermon we can preach, God is beyond that. That everything that we do and say and think is just a pointer to the majesty 
and the mystery of who God is. And I think it's really important for us to remember this because there's a lot of folks out there that when they preach, they say, just listen to me. I know what God's like. Just listen to me. Don't trust them. The truth is, is that none of us know all that God is. God is beyond all of the, if you could sum total, all of the faith in this one wonderful church, in this room, sum total all of your wonderful insights into who God is, God's bigger than that. And that's the truth. And Jesus came teaching in a way that that really challenges us in a very similar way. It must have been wonderful to meet this Jesus of Nazareth, but it also must have been very frustrating because they asked him questions and he would tell them a story instead of answering their question. Maddening! I often tell the story of, of uh, my, my dear wife has, has uh, been a, a wonderful pastor's wife, and I've taught the Bethel Bible series several times and other, other kinds of Bible serieses, series and, and, and studies, and she's listened to me probably more than any woman should have to bear. I remember the, the second time we were going through the Bethel Bible series. She was again a student for the second time for a two-year-long class. And about halfway through the Old Testament, we were talking about this, many of this, these same stories, and she just blurted out, why does God have to make this so complicated? Why doesn't God just come out and say it? And I think we can identify with Susan. We can identify with that impulse that, that knowing God is a lifelong journey because God is bigger than any of our ideas. God is so big that even when we get that amazing insight into God, there's still more. There's still more, always more for us to learn. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an infinitely rich experience following Jesus, that maddening storyteller, that enigma, that great king who comes as a humble carpenter's son and blows our mind about what the Messiah was supposed to be. And so Paul, in his, uh, you can say a lot of, uh, uh, Paul can be a very frustrating person to study, but 
This passage is, is gloriously beautiful when it comes to the spiritual life. He encourages, and I won't try to say the names, Jason. He encourages the two people that he, he's, he cites to be of the same mind in the Lord. It doesn't say as the Lord. It says in the Lord. Be of the same mind in the Lord. He says, it gives a list of things that are suggestive, but he doesn't explain very much about them. He says that you'll know that you're talking about the truth that God has revealed if you experience gentleness for everyone, not just your family and the people you like, but everyone. Gentleness towards people that are espousing things that you just know are, are wrong, that we, gentleness even towards our enemies. And boy, if, if we call, call ourselves to that this week, after what's going on in Israel and the Gaza Strip, it, it is, this week our minds should be boggled that we are to be a people of gentleness. And he says, do not be anxious about anything. I just put that in the context of war breaking out in the Middle East. Do not be anxious about anything. And then he says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Now there's a promise that only God can keep. Because we can't, we're not going to arrive at, at a non-anxious way of being or gentleness by reading the news. We only get there by knowing what the scriptures say and what the scriptures call us to. Calls us to value what is true. How do we know what's true? How do we know what's true? I was talking to my wife about this and she said, well, it's really simple. What encourages the unity of the body of Christ. That's what's true. Unity is at the core of this. Peace. Being together in a non-anxious way. What is honorable? We interact with respect and truly listen to one another even to people we don't agree with. What's just? Living out a belief that there's enough for everyone, that there's a way for us to live in peace. That takes faith. God is beyond 
all of our hopes and dreams and visions for how the world can be in spite of what the news tells us is. Paul says it in a beautiful way. If there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. They are the pointers to God. Point, they point beyond these wonderful things, beautiful things, hopeful things. Point us towards a God that's bigger than any of our ministries, any of one of our ministries. You know, we've got lots of ministries going here. We've got music and worship ministry. We've got feeding ministries. We've got pastoral care ministries and, ass- and assistance ministries. We've got lots of things going here. And as we're under stress trying to, to figure out how to balance the, the general fund budget, you know, we often want to value one more than the other because... One is more precious to us than the other. And that's okay. God created us with different types of appreciation for different ministries. But it is in Christ that we are knit together in unity, in gentleness, in a non-anxious way of being, It is in Christ that we are brought to the peace of God that passes all understanding. I wish he had put put verse uh, 4 at the end of this because that's that's my response to this, this little piece of scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice and so I'm going to ask you to repeat rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice rejoice God is with us Do not be anxious. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 
971-971-1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.